Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brittany. I'm Diana. And this is episode 23. Today, we'll be reviewing season four, episodes 11 and 12 of The Walking Dead with the lens of judgment. Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brittany? I'm okay. I had a few misfortunes this past week, and someone stole my yoga mat, which is kind of... (laughs) Awful! (laughs) Yeah, but it's also funny. But the way I'm trying to think about it is that it's probably someone who's going to, like, sleep on it, so maybe they just (laughs) need it more than I do, and it was only, like, 20 bucks, so I should just get over it. That's a good way to look at it. (laughs) How about you, Diana? (laughs) I'm doing great! Uh, I think I told you last week that my... Um, improv classes are going really good and we had another really good one and we <laughs> played, um, a game and, uh, we're just prepping for our performance. So it's Yay. been really fun. That's so exciting. I'm enjoying it. Good. Okay. So now our recaps. Season four, episode 11 claimed Michonne and Carl talk about Michonne's past while clearing houses while Rick rests, but He has to hide from disgusting men who enter the house they're (laughs) staying at. Meanwhile, Tara Glenn, Eugene, Rosita, and Abraham stick together and are heading to find Maggie. Season 4, Episode 12, Still. Beth and Daryl survive the woods, find a country club, and an old cabin. Along the way, they fight off walkers, drink moonshine, and play a game that leads to a blow-up fueled with grief and rage. Eventually, when they have sobered up, they have a relaxed conversation and share stories about their past, their hopes, and their future. The episode ends with a burning house, laughter, and a flip-off. <laughs> okay, Brittany, where did you see the theme of judgment? Well, I saw Beth's judgment of what alcohol does and how it operates. And I've seen both sides of what alcohol manifests, and I have really conflicted feelings about it, especially when people are using it primarily as an escape or stress relief. If people can drink and not become addicted and they know their limits, they don't become hyper-emotional, I think that's fine. Like, I respect that. I'm not judging anyone for (laughs) drinking, I understand. However, I'm only trying to bring light to the fact that alcohol doesn't hold the same meaning for everyone, and it has negatively affected so many people's lives. With Beth wanting to drink, she obviously views alcohol as this pain reliever in response to her grief for Herschel. She wants to find her drink so desperately, and she even cries when she finds a bottle, and maybe that's possibly her own guilt about her dad not wanting her to drink, and clearly losing her dad was a factor for those tears. But Beth thinks of alcohol in playful, light ways, and the way that she plays the game, and how she thinks it was funny that her dad got pulled into the drunk tank once. She also makes Daryl feel bad about not drinking with her, saying, what, are you my chaperone? And Daryl's doing his best to be responsible. He's telling her to drink more water, to slow down. He doesn't want to drink with her at first. And I'm going to be the annoying person and say that if they weren't drinking, Beth probably wouldn't have made him angry with her offensive comment. And he wouldn't have reacted that way. Yes, it got them talking, but I totally think they could have had the same conversation 
at a better time <laughs> with lower voices and clearer minds. I really loved and appreciated that Daryl showed her another purpose for al- alcohol, though, <laughs> for burning things down, <laughs> which is accurate in both literal and symbolic senses. That is so true, Brittany. I saw judgment with Beth and Daryl, too. They start drinking moonshine. Not a good thing when emotions are high. And the worst drink ever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Beth wants to play the game I Never. It starts out somewhat playful, but when Beth says, I never have been to jail, Daryl responds, is that what you think of me? Oh my God, he is so offended and feels so judged. It is so interesting how words can take on so much meaning. I don't think that she had ill will, but it really struck a chord with him. With his tough upbringing and his lifestyle with Merle, he was probably negatively judged all the time. Anyway, he gets really angry and noisy and breaks a glass, takes a leak in the (laughs) corner, and resumes the game, saying, I never ate frozen yogurt or got a pet pony or anything (laughs) from Santa Claus. I never relied on anyone for protection and never cut my wrist looking for attention. Side note, I can't believe he went there. That was meant to really dig at her. Yet she tries to calm him down, but he forcefully takes her outside for target practice on the walker. She ends up killing the walker with her own knife. He is totally belligerent and lashes out in judgment of her upbringing and actions, but really it is based on his self-judgment. He calls her a dumb college girl because she wanted a drink. She tells him that he acts like he doesn't care and it's bullshit. And then he totally breaks down, revealing his guilt about Herschel's death, feeling like he was directly responsible because he gave up on finding and killing the governor. Daryl's self-judgment is what threw him over the edge with the help of the moonshine. She hugs him from behind to comfort him. Another side note. I was worried this would lead to a love interest, but I was relieved that it didn't. Yes. Anyway, later he tells Beth she is a happy drunk, and she says some people aren't. (laughs) He then says, yeah, I'm a dick when I'm a drunk. (laughs) Okay, Brittany, where else did you see judgment? Can I just talk about my judgment? (laughs) Of course. Of of Eugene. And my judgment of Abraham and Rosita for believing Eugene and his quest to Washington? Good Lord. I want to know if anyone else really believed Eugene when they first watched this. I've always been skeptical of him from the beginning, and I see still not one of my favorite characters. I just don't like him. And I just find it so hard to believe that Abraham, who seems like a smart guy, he seems sensible, he's just heard this funny-looking dude say he was going to save the world. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll help you go to Washington. I don't, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I'm totally judging all of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You can do that. Anyway, on a serious note, where else did you see judgment in these episodes, Diana? I saw Tara's self-judgment. She is following Glenn, who is searching for his wife. 
And Abraham wants to get Eugene to D.C., as Brittany already told us. (laughs) Because he thinks he has a cure. So he talks with Tara and says, you are loyal. You are a good person. You like him. And Tara says, you think I'm a good person? I'm not. And Abraham says, you're good. And Tara responds, you don't know anything about me. (laughs) Tara is being really hard on herself because of her guilt in being affiliated with the governor and Herschel's death. She is doing everything in her power to help Glenn in any way she can to ease that guilt. Self-judgment is so powerful. It can really dictate your happiness and your well-being. It is something I strive to work on in myself, and it's an ongoing process. I tend to be really critical of myself and my family, and they quickly remind me that I need to let it go. I think by just being aware of judgment of yourself and others is half the battle. Then you can work on altering the quality of that judgment, learning from it, and changing your perception. So Tara was in a bad place when Glenn found her, but I think he jump-started her thinking by helping her and made her realize she was worthy. And now she is slowly transforming her judgment of herself through her actions of helping Glenn. Okay, Brittany, what other things did you notice? Well, I noticed some disgusting things first. So (laughs) when these men enter the house and they notice that there's a woman's shirt in the house and they're like, they think that this woman's going to come back for the shirt that she just washed or whatever. One of them says, I call first when she gets here. And I'm just so taken aback by the statement. Why do so many men automatically become rapists and murderers in this world? It's the same annoyance I have with Westworld. This is how men truly behave when they don't have rules or authority to answer to. It's absolutely repulsive, disheartening, and concerning. Back in the Viking days and colonial conquest, this was normal to take over villages, towns, rampage the supplies, and rape the women or take them as sex slaves. And it really bothers me. And it's so disturbing that men can be so primitive, withdrawn, and non-sympathetic. It truly, deeply horrifies me. I totally agree. It just reminded me of, um, I'm kind of going um, off on something else here, but when I first watched Game of Thrones, that Mm -hmm. was the first thing that, uh, because I had started to watch it, and then I stopped watching it, and then I went back, and then I was able to appreciate it, but it was the thing that struck me, and I'm like, I don't like this. (laughs) Yeah, it's like abrasive violence, or just too strict. Yeah, Yeah. I hate it. Okay, I want to talk about uh, Michonne and Carl. I really liked watching the development of their friendship. First, when they were eating cereal and Michonne says she'd like it with soy milk and Carl is grossed out by the idea and says he would rather have Judith's milk, which in turn makes him upset because he was reminded that she is gone. Later, she tries to lighten the mood, but he doesn't find her efforts amusing and she says she is not used to making a boy his age laugh. She's used to toddlers. And Carl asks, what do you mean? She tells him she had a three-year-old son. And Carl is surprised and wonders why she hadn't mentioned it before and then asks like a bunch of questions. (laughs) And she says, I will answer one question at a time, one room at a time, and only after they have been cleared. 
So after clearing a room, Carl finds out that Michonne's son's name was Andre Anthony. Later, Michonne finds a dead family in a baby's room, which was so horrible, and slams the door to the room. And Carl wonders what she found, and she says it was a dog. And Carl knows she's protecting him, and then says to her that maybe Andre and Judith are together somewhere, (laughs) which was so incredibly sweet. But I also thought, you have no hope that Judith is alive? Because before knowing the outcome, I didn't believe she was gone. I never believe anyone is gone until I see it or hear the cast or crew say they are no longer on the show. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I find their friendship very special. It is. Okay, Brittany, what else did you notice? Well, season four is such a transitional season. There's really no overarching storyline of the entire season. And I know they break it up mid-season, but... It's mostly the characters just taking things day by day, especially these ending episodes. And it's very interesting because it really was the character development and the relationship building that drew me in this season. So I really loved it. Well, I love it so far. And also, I would like to note that Rosita is wearing a damn halter top, short shorts, and pigtails. Mm -hmm. She looks like a character in a fantasy role-player fighting video game. (laughs) Which is fine. I'm not shaming her. Maybe that, Diana said, maybe that's how she was in the comics. And she has a nice body, so if you got it, flaunt it. Whatever. But it's just too over the top for me. Like, if I was in the zombie apocalypse, I just don't know that I would choose pigtails. That's all. I just, that's the unrealistic part for me. (laughs) They're in Atlanta. I'll choose a bun on the top of my head. (laughs) It's just funny. Yeah. I find it interesting how Beth tells Daryl that she will be gone, meaning dead, and he will be the only one to survive after all of this is over. Because currently, with everyone dead or leaving the show, it appears he really will be the last one standing. Mm -hmm. And a little Easter egg. Daryl shares a story with Beth about him and Merle being at this tweaker's house while they are all high. Merle starts in on the cartoon they are watching, and the tweaker gets mad, pulls a gun, and says, I'm going to kill you, bitch. (laughs) This is said to be Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. (laughs) So I just thought that was totally cool. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, we are at our segment of Why We Love Rick. So, Brittany, why do you love Rick? I love his survival skills. When he jumped out of the damn second story window onto the balcony, I said, yep, hell no. I would not survive in this world. I repeat, I would not survive. I could not do that without breaking my damn leg. I'm not being negative. I mean, 100% realistic with my height, first of all. And my physical capabilities. There's only so many times that your adrenaline can help. He's a true survivor. Why do you love Rick? Uh, I totally agree with you, Brittany. Totally. He has great survival skills, and I don't either. (laughs) Unless I can cook, talk, or act my way out, I am not going to survive. I love Rick because he thanks Michonne for making Carl laugh. He says it's been a long time, and he says... I can't be his father and his friend. Mm -hmm. I love that Rick recognizes this and that he thanks Michonne. Okay, Brittany, what are you currently watching? 
Well, I've been randomly re-watching The Office, so for anyone who hasn't seen this, if you live under a rock, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> I think this is an iconic show. I love, love, love the cast. They all deserve super high recognition. Steve Carell, Jenna Fisher, Rain Wilson, and John Krasinski are awesome. We watch sporadically since we've already seen all of the episodes, but even though there's like sexist, racist material, the show is clever in that way. They know that they're making fun of the types of people who actually think that way. So it's great. All nine seasons are on Netflix, so knock yourself out. <laughs> I also started watching Pose. Uh, Diana told me to watch this, and I've just been hearing things, and I just feel like Ryan Murphy can't do wrong. But I didn't realize that it was mainly about trans or queer people. Like, I just didn't understand. I didn't know that going into it. And I love that Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk are never afraid to explore this territory and to give these stories life on such a big network. As white men in positions of power, it's so important to be allies, champions, sponsors of people who do not hold the same privilege. It's really awesome. And I love the pageants and <laughs> the catwalks that they compete in. It's so fun. And it's so interesting to see these trans characters pre-surgery and how they're making names for themselves. And I feel like I connect to it even though it's not my story. So they do such a good job, like the actors, the writers, the producers of just putting this whole thing together. And thank you to Diana for the recommendation. I also watched an Emmy for Megan, and it's a six-episode short comedy web series, and it's nominated for two Emmys, which is so funny because that's her whole point of making this, this short comedy web series. So it's nominated for Outstanding Actress in a Short-Form Comedy or Drama Series and Outstanding Short-Form Comedy or Drama. And it's very funny. It's very meta. She's talking about the Emmy the entire time, and it's great. It's, it's pretty funny. I also watch Five Minutes from Home, and it's a YouTube series. It's really short. It's like, I don't know, six to eight minutes every time with Stephen Curry, our coworker who loves the Warriors, told me to watch, and I love it. It's so mm -hmm. fun, and it just makes me love him more. <laughs> I also saw an episode of Who is America, and Sasha Baron Cohen stars in it, and it's a satirical documentary-style show. He interviews people about the state of America in relation to politics. What else? He dresses up in disguises and plays different characters who either stand behind Trump or who do not support him. And honestly, it's uncomfortable sometimes and not always funny, but very intriguing. Also, I guess this is kind of personal, but I just want to share with people just in case it helps even one person. And if you're not religious, then maybe you can fast forward like 30 seconds or a minute. But... I'm Catholic Lazalian, and I really owe a lot of my strength to my faith and my parents for instilling it in me. Hmm. I've had a true roller coaster of a year with both big and little trials and tribulations. And the past week, especially, has left me feeling like super overwhelmed, hopeless, and anxious. But on Friday night, I watched Elevation Church's sermons on YouTube, and I watched one that left me completely broken down in tears because it was spot on with how I was feeling. The sermon was called Help is on the Way, and if you're feeling similar to how I have been feeling and you're religious, then I highly recommend it. It was exactly what I needed to hear, and it was a great way to look at scripture and how it relates to our lives now. So I'll post it in our show notes and the blog too, but I just wanted to share that with everyone. 
Well, I just wanted to say I love that you can be inspired by something that you saw or heard. So and, and really kind of change and uplift you. So I think that's awesome. Right. And sometimes it just has to be like the timing or yeah. the mode or how I hear it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it could just be the way and the way it all comes together so yeah I mean it's I think it's special when that moment when you get uplifted so and it's a journey too and I think you have to be open Mm -hmm. because sometimes I will also like see a quote or hear something it it can be minimal Mm -hmm. and it'll totally change my way of thinking Mm -hmm. which I love because I'm like thinking oh gosh I'm so (laughs) feeling so you know, overwhelmed by something or letting something really bother me or feeling judgmental about myself or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden somebody says something to you or you hear something or you see a quote or something. I don't know. It's just very uplifting. So I find that just so amazing and wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So for um, what I have been watching, um, I've recently been watching Friends um, late night on TV and the episodes I've been watching seem to be from 1999 and it is when Chandler and Monica are newly together and I forgot how competitive Monica was and they are all so funny and one was with Rachel trying to get a job and she kept doing the wrong thing at her interviews like kissing her potential boss (laughs) and then the next time yelling at him and then the next time accidentally touching him (laughs) is hilarious she has Jennifer Aniston has great comedic ability. Mm. And another one was Joey wanting to meet this hot-looking girl in the other building, but wasn't counting the windows correctly to get to her right apartment. (laughs) So he gets pegged as the creepy stalker guy with his picture on the bulletin board. And it's just, the show is just so fun to watch. So when you have nothing to watch, you should turn friends on. Um, I'm continuing to watch So You Think You Can Dance, and they are down to the top 20 but are going down to the top 10 before the live shows and they are just fantastic dancers and I just find them so inspirational and then the Real Housewives of Orange County season started and it's on Mondays and it was really good and two of the women got divorced over the season break Wow. And, yeah. And some are mending friendships. So I think OC might be my favorite, but you know what? I also love New York and Beverly Hills. Um, so on HBO, I watched this film, this older film, Waitress with Carrie Russell. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but um, I liked the movie. It was cute. As a waitress in a loveless marriage who finds herself pregnant and begins a relationship with her doctor, played by Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Jeremy Sisto plays her jerky, needy, abusive husband, and I will never look at him the same on Law and Order. Mm. <laughs> and um, I watched the second episode of Sharp Objects, and I found it still intriguing, but not sucking me in. But for some reason, I want to keep watching. As far as movies, I watched The Post with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's a 2017 American historical political thriller about journalists at The Washington Post and New York Times and their attempts to expose a massive cover-up by the government and their involvement in the Vietnam War which spans 30 years and four U.S. presidents. It's very revealing and a great film. Meryl Streep played Catherine Graham, the first 
female publisher of an American major newspaper. Her father died and her husband committed suicide, so she steps up into an all-boys club, and it was difficult for her to be taken seriously, which the film reflects. She doubted herself, but she persevered and promoted gender equality within her company. She presided over the post when Watergate conspiracy was exposed, and she had won numerous awards and a Pulitzer Prize for her memoir, Personal History. So I thought she was a, a really a great woman. I also just last night saw Robin Williams come inside my mind in HBO. It's a really good documentary. It made me laugh out loud and I just really miss Robin Williams. Listening to the family and friends talk about him was emotional. I liked hearing from Pam Dauber and Billy Crystal and you learn a lot of things about Robin. His need for stand-up, his love for women, his substance abuse. He was with John Belushi the night of his death and, and it shows how that impacted him. Um, how the structure of filming a sitcom changed because of him. He was a live wire and they had to have enough cameras to capture his performance. Um, they touch on so many subjects, including his health, but watching his speech on not winning the Best Actor Award at the 2003 Critics' Choice Award was hysterical. You just have to watch the documentary. It is very good. Okay, so we are at the segment and the award goes to. So Brittany, what was your favorite quote, moment, or character? My favorite moment was Daryl and Beth's uh, conversation. So Beth says, yeah, I'm happy. I'm just not blind. You got to stay who you are, not who you were. Places like this, you have to put it away. And Daryl says, what if you can't? And Beth says, you have to, or it kills you. Then I really liked that moment between them. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite moment or quote or character? Um, mine was... Michonne and Carl's exchange. He asks, how long has it been since she lost her son? And she says it happened after everything happened. And Carl asks her if his dad knows. And she tells him she hasn't told anyone until just now. And Carl says, your secret is safe with me. She says, it's not really a secret. And then he says, it's still safe with me. I love this friendship that they have. It's really sweet. It but I also is. don't like vague answers like that. She says, after everything happened, I'm like, oh. Just, I'm the type of person that drives me crazy. <laughs> happened one week, five days. I mean, because really you would know, right, when it right. happened. So, but I'm just yeah. like, oh. You have some sense of time. You got a little baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Jimmy always tells me that's my downfall. Because I ask him questions. He's like, I don't yeah. know, a couple hours. Maybe. Yeah, around that around that time. Around lunchtime. Around that like what time was it? I just I'm like the type I, I don't know why it bothers me so much. I'm just crazy, I think, in that way. I'm very tired. Okay, well I think I'm a little crazy too because I always ask for details and how mm -hmm. something was said. Like when I want something repeated to me by my family, I'm like, Well, how did she say it? And what did he say? And what was that? You know, I was like, yeah. What was their intention? It was mm -hmm. like they're like, Stop it. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> Details are important. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh. 
that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We need your feedback. We'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday. Next show will be on season four, episodes 13 and 14. You can find our blog at the link listed in our description. See you next time. Bye.